today's episode of Inside the Minds. We have MMA referee Bobby Wambacher, UFC, LFA, Bare Knuckle, you name it, he's refed it. Let's just jump right into it. In refereeing and stuff, I mean, you got one of the coolest jobs. You get to be in there with, like, crazy stuff going on. The Peter Yawn and our boy Eric Anders, over the last couple of weeks, we've had those knees. What I know the UFC, I know it's different than back in the day with pride and stuff. Are they going to do anything to try to fix that on finding people and stuff? Because it keeps happening. Um, I think when they – well, when the you get to the UFC and you do it and you lose, you lose half your pay because you don't get your win bonus. So um, that's incentive enough not to do it at that level. Um, you'll see it at the local levels a little more, but that's because the, the fighters are um, – you know, newer, they're younger, they're, they're not as experienced, not seasoned, and they just get in the moment. And as a referee, you can't, you can't coach the uh, fighter on what to do. Like, I know, I believe in the Peter Yan fight, I believe the ref even said he's down or something. I, I don't remember. But as a ref, you, you don't do that because it's not our job to, to make sure they know that. They're, they're doing something that they – should know the rules and they should know kind of where what positions are what and what they can and can't do type of thing if that makes sense yeah i thought their corner was yelling at him telling him i, I could have swore i mean they said it's not khabib said that he thought they said knee and now they're saying they did it what it, it just seemed weird like it, it froze time froze right there and i was like what the hell is about to happen and then he did it right and see that's the other thing for I don't know if you guys go to many fights live or whatever. Yes. You know, like the smaller ones, you'll have amateur fights where they can't throw elbows, but the fans don't know that. Like they don't know the rules all the time. So they'll be yelling elbows, elbows. And the fighters got to know that they can't do it or they're going to get this. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so in that case, you know, with the knee, look, he's the champion. He, he's got, you know, everybody could say Sterling was you know, faking and, um, you know, should win a Grammy or whatever it was. Look, the reality is Jan should have never thrown it because if Jan doesn't throw it, then we're not talking about it. And based on what I heard and what I seen on the scorecards, I think Jan ends up winning the fight. So he was was killing it. You know, it's uh, one of those things where he's got to know where, where, where the fight's at, what position they're in. So and then he raised his hand up like he he didn't even give a care. At the end, at the end, he raised his hand up like, I'm the champion. I don't care. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, I, I honestly, it looked like he was like, I don't, you can take my belt. I'm going to fight you again and take it from you. I know I can beat you. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> right, right. So with, with Jan, it surprised me greatly because he was a champion. I mean, at that level, it, you got to know what's going on. But then it, I was just completely blown away when Anders did it the next week. Like, we just seen it. Yeah. So, it's like, okay. We had him on the show right before the fight. And you know what's funny is if you look, Anders tweeted the week before saying, Peter, if you look on his Twitter, he actually tweeted a picture or something about Peter with the knee or something. And then Peter just retweeted it after the fight saying, come on, Eric. The same thing, you know, like, <laughs> like I mean, Eric was going to win the fight. He was killing the guy. And then he's, yeah. I guess it's the heat of the moment. You're a killer. And you're like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to. Kill him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean the adrenaline and uh, you know everything gets rolling, and it's uh, yeah. 
Now on, on some of the, when you do like different levels of fighting, you know, amateur professional, different champ, you know, championships, UFC, all that stuff. Do you referee, I guess I shouldn't say the same, but do some of those amateur guys get a little bit, maybe one extra warning than a professional would, or uh, a main card would maybe get one, you know, like in the playoffs of other sports, they kind of let the championship fights kind of play out a little bit more. Do you, do you call it any differently? I don't think I call it any differently necessarily. I think it's kind of the reverse. I think on the amateur side, you're more strict because they don't know. So if you allow one extra shot to go or whatever, like that could be really bad. Whereas as bad as it sounds as a professional, you know, they've kind of signed up to take on damage. Like they, they know what they're getting into. And as an amateur, sometimes, you know, look, everybody's a fighter until they get in the cage. So, you know, you got guys that you get in there and I'll, I'll rough them and it'll be their first fight. And you're like, okay, mark it off your bucket list. Cause I probably won't see you again uh, <laughs> type of thing, you know? So, but I will say in the back, when I go, we do typically on smaller shows or regional shows, we do a, uh, a group rules meeting where you talk to everybody at once. And then after that, I go around and talk to each individual one-on-one that I'm refing just to make sure they don't have any questions and just make sure we're on the same page. And in that instance, uh, I'm more thorough and I take more time with amateur fighters because they have different rule sets. And I want to make sure that they're, they understand exactly what we're doing tonight. Like these are the rules. Do you have any questions? And you know, it's different than on TV. You know, you get in there, you think you can do it and you get hit in the face and you, you turn around and it's like, okay, now it's real. So you know, I think with the amateurs were myself, I'm much more uh, detail oriented in the back before the fights start with them. Okay. That makes sense. Hey, I was going to ask you, um, you know, the UFC is getting a lot of eye pokes. Every, my friends in like regional, they're getting eye pokes. You remember the pride gloves back in the day, how they had the bent fingers a little bit? Correct. What? Why won't they go into that? If you look, their eye pokes, it's a little harder because the fingers are not just being enough where they can't come out and do that. Why won't they implement that? They keep, is it because it's a, they're just selfish and they, they're UFC and MMA and they don't want to go into pride? You know, <clears throat> that's a good question because I think that you could tweak the glove system in a way that they can still grapple. And because that's the biggest argument is if you start messing with the gloves, you know, then you got, your grapplers or wrestlers that they're at a disadvantage because their fingers are forced a different direction or they can't get a grip. Um, but there's gotta be a way, like you were saying, the pride ones, you know, where they're, the fingers are pushed down a little bit. You know, they've got to be able to do something. And I can't think with all the money that the industry has that nobody has come up with a viable solution at this point. Um, and maybe, maybe it is a cost thing. Maybe the cost per glove would go up. You know, I don't, I don't know that side of the business, but from a, you know, referee standpoint, I, I make sure I cover that in very great detail in the back it's, to everybody. It's you know, like leather helmets and football, you know, technology right, right. got to change, you know, you just can't have the same and a uh, pride. I mean, you think back in the day in pride grapplers won all the time. Uh, I can't back or when a UFC guy would come over there and I'll rep. So there was no hand. I just, it don't, it don't make any sense to me to be honest. Cause I mean, Stop. It's crazy. I I can tell you as referees, we think the same thing. Like they've got to be able to do something because most of the eye pokes really are accidental. 
you know, nobody's in there trying to poke someone in the eye for the most part, I'm sure it happens, but you know, and it sucks like with the, uh, Edwards fight, like who knows how that fight would have went, you know, and it just like, it really sucks for both Bilal and Leon. And then obviously the fans, you know, it's, uh, it just, it sucks all the way around. So you think they would, they would come up with something. That's what I, I, they got. I can't think there's a guy that used to fight. He's creating his own. He's trying to get it. I can't think it was now. Uh, Awani was talking about the other day and he didn't get in detail. And Kamore was like, oh, yeah, I haven't really looked. It's like they don't even care. It's like, oh, we make enough money. You know, go to the eye doctor. <laughs> right, right. That's how I look at it. I was, I was just like, I had to ask you because I mean, I see it all the time. And then I, I remember Pride back in the day. I, I mean, that was, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, you, I don't understand it either. With technology and the money that's involved, there's got to be a way to tweak it a little bit where it still doesn't affect the grapplers and wrestlers. And uh, but again, that's not my side of the world, and so I, I have no clue to, other than oh, yeah. my my own opinions. Oh, I got you. I got you. Hey, but you do have some cool stuff. I, I mean, you went to Herb Dean School. I seen. I read that. I was. I we like to. So you you and you get to hang out with Big John and Herb Dean. So you've got to have some crazy stories. There are lots of crazy stories. We're on a podcast, so some of them I can't legally tell you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yo, uh, that's what we were wanting. Like, what was it like you coming up? Because I remember watching UFC when they when Big John was in there in that big old goofy shirt in the beginning, you know, let's get it on. And then you watching it and then you get there. What was it like walking in there and them being there that night when you get first get in there? I tell people this all the time. It was I was nervous getting there. Um, you know, when you get the call and you're told, Hey, you know, you, this is what you're doing. This is where, so you get nervous this, you know, six weeks before when I arrived to the arena, like you, you tone everything out. Like my very first UFC fight I did in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it was with, um, Devin Clark. I mean, he's still in the UFC. Yeah. And then I, I cannot think of who he fought. Now I can see his, his face and I've talked to him. He just, he used to fight in PFL and I refed him in LFA too. After that. Uh, anyway, Oh, Nichols, uh, Nicholson, uh, Alex, Alex Nicholson. Alex I think was his name. So if you go back and watch that fight, it's the first fight of the night and it's Devin Clark's debut in the UFC in his hometown. Okay. And I had refed Devin Clark, probably six, seven times before that. So, you know, we were very familiar with one another. Everything's great. And I get in there and I'm like, okay, big John, what do I do? Herb, what do I do? And I think Kevin McDonald was the other one there. I'm like, okay, what do I do? You know, because it's different because you got to, it's not just you, you, the door shuts and you say, let's get after it. You know, you got to wait for the TV people to be ready. You got to be ready for this person and that. So anyway, they give me a little bit of coaching and I'm, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just a fight when the door closes, I'm just going to do my thing. Right. So as the fight's going on, Devin Clark is winning this fight and the crowd is loving it about, I don't know. And there's a foul in there. I think Alex kicked Devin low. And so we had to stop for that, but I think like about 20 seconds left into the fight or the first round, the tide changes and Alex catches him. And then then Devin gets caught against the cage and Alex hits him and drops him. I stopped the fight with one second left in the round. 
I remember, I remember that fight, actually. Yeah. Everybody in the place is booing me like I am the villain. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And, look, I know I did the right thing, and I know the call was right. I know it was the right decision. But when you got 15,000 people booing you in your very first UFC fight, I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is, this is crazy. And then I got out of the cage in the, you know, the UFC <laughs> – the executives were like, oh, that was a great stoppage, great call, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I feel better now. But that was, you talk about getting, uh, whew, I, I won't say what I think, but. At least you, get, <laughs> at least you get, you, at least you got opportunity to have 15,000 people boo you, though. Think about that. Right, right. However, yeah. if I'd made the wrong call, it would have been different. But yeah, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, because you would have if you would have made what they wanted after the fight, the UFC would have got mad at you and said, hey, you should have made that call you made. Absolutely. And, and with the UFC in particularly, I mean, typically you make a mistake and unless you've got thousands and thousands or hundreds of fights in their cage, they're going to be hard pressed to use you again because they can't afford for something to go wrong in there. Yeah, and so, the, you know, the rest have got to be competent and got to be the best of the best. And you'll see, you know, like, for instance, the, the Lawler aspirin fight where you know, they, everybody's blasting Herb saying he stopped it early and all yeah. that other stuff. You know, those, you, whether he did or he didn't, you know, I, I wasn't in there to hear what he was saying, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, he's kind of got many fights in that cage, so they know what they're getting. And, you know, but a, a newer guy, man, you mess up on your first fight. He got more tenure. It, yeah. You're like, you'd be done. I, you would never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what's the biggest fight you've like at like the biggest fight like you could say was your biggest fight so far? You know, there's been a lot of them. Um, I do a lot of the um, LFAs. Yeah, LFAs big. They've had a lot of big title fights where the 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 fighters end up going on to the UFC and Bellator right after the fights. I mean, I've done like I said, I've done several Devin Clark's in LFA. Um, man, there was there's been several, but the biggest. UFC one I did as I did the uh it was Detroit there was two fights actually on there the uh, Felice Herrig and Courtney mm -hmm. Casey was a really good fight yeah. but the best fight I've that I can honestly say I was a part of is the uh Medeiros and Oliveira fight if you go back and watch that fight they would get knocked down you'd think they were out they would get in submission hold like it was non-stop crazy back and forth and when I stopped the fight in the third round, I think it was Joe Rogan was saying, stop the fight or something, you know, make one of his comments right before I stopped it. But the reality is in, in the, that fight, my mindset was, okay, Medeiros has been hurt. He's come back. Oliveira has been hurt. Yeah. He's come back. So when Oliveira went down and took the knee, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because for the first two rounds, they've been going back and forth, getting hurt, and getting back up. So I wanted him to make sure, you know, you were talking about, do I allow someone to take an extra shot or something? Um, in that case, he had already proved his resiliency in that very fight. So I allowed him to maybe take one or two more just to ensure that he was done because I didn't want to jump in there and stop it for that fight because it was back and forth, crazy, like awesome fight. And last thing I want to do is stop the fight and him being, you know, prepared to make another comeback type of thing. So in that one, I, you know, I was told that it was a perfect stoppage and everything, but when you listen to it, I think it was Joe Rogan. It said to stop the fight or something, but I, 
for me and, and where I was at, I was giving him every opportunity to come back. Now, had that happened in the first round and he got down and took a knee or whatever, I probably would have jumped in pretty quickly. But if you rewatch fight, he gets knocked down and Medeiros is on top of him, beating the tar out of him. And then Medeiros gets knocked down and Oliveira's on him and they're both going for submission holds. And so in my mind, it was the right thing to do. And I still believe it was, but that was, that was the funnest fight I've been a part of. What do you think Herb Dean was going through a few weeks ago when Derek Lewis with that knockout, when Herb was not, when Herb was running across the ring like he did and Derek was coming down, what do you think was going through Herb's mind trying to get it? I know it was happening quick, but it seemed like it took so long from that split knockout to him down. And Derek was like, well, Herb just needs to hurry up and get over here. You know, like what, what, what do you think was going on right there? Cause that was, that was one of the vicious, vicious. So Derek, was absolutely right you know one of our instructions in the back and to all fighters is you know do not stop until i stop you because if, if you start hitting somebody and then you stop and you think they're out and i don't stop the fight you know you go back to the i think it was the bisbing anderson silva fight where silva walked away and thought that herb was going to stop it i think that's one in london yeah. or wherever and uh herb didn't stop it and bisbing came back so yeah. you know Lewis was in the right. And as far as Herb goes, I know what goes through my mind. Like I, you try never to have your feet planted um, and stationary because you got to be quick because it happens in a second. But I can only imagine with those two big guys. And when he's seen Lewis drop him, it was over too. Right. I can just hear the, you know, like the slow motion. Oh, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Everything going in slow motion for you. So it looked yeah. like it looked like he was planted too perfect. You're like, oh, his weight was bad. Yeah. Like he didn't have no <laughs> like it was... cartoons and their legs sp spool up real fast so they don't go nowhere. <laughs> right, right. And Derek's and like I was Derek, he keeps losing weight like he's doing. He lost he ain't having to cut. He's talking about losing 10 more pounds. If you can do that. I mean, you stuff a takedown like that, yeah. He's well, you already said when he when he decides he's going, I'm gonna hit him with a knee or an uppercut, I'm gonna knock him out. By God, he did it. <laughs> yeah, and Lewis, like he's he's scary good. And I know that everybody goes back to the, uh, I think it was the Ngannou fight where it was like, but and everybody goes back to that one. But Lewis is a very exciting fighter, and he he does the promos to back it up, and you know it's 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 fun to watch, especially from a official standpoint when, you know, like the, the Holland, I put a post on uh, ESPN's page uh, yesterday or something about Holland, you know, just saying that, um, you know, he's got a, he's got a strong personality, which is, which is good for the, the fight game. And somebody said he doesn't, but I'm telling you right now, that guy's got character beyond belief. Like he's, uh, he backs it up. He talks and look, if he gets knocked out, he gets knocked out. He was five. But, I mean, he won five fights last year. You talk about, yeah. about tonight. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. Everybody was talking about Hamaya, all the great stuff he did, all that stuff. This guy right here, five fights in one year in the UFC. Yeah. I I think tonight's fight is going to be good, and I I think I think Holland is. Uh, I think he can. He will show that he's going to back up what he's been saying. But I and you know I've been I've been hearing, and I don't know facts or whatever but i hear that him and uh adesanya could be coming up see that's what i'm i'm hoping but then adesanya says if darren till beats uh his next coming guy he wants for some reason he wants to fight darren till yeah. i don't know why he wants i don't know if 
factuation why you're the champion and you just get, get a win and I'll fight you. That's what it seems like. But Holland's the guy that deserves the fight. If Holland wins tonight. I mean, that's six and zero in uh, what thirteen months in the UFC. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. And his fights have been exciting and spectacular. And, and that's shit. yeah, and that's what you know the UFC and Dana looks for is something that can sell tickets. And that like, how could you not have Adesanya who talks crap himself, and then Holland who's just phenomenal at talking crap, and they both back it up. Like that would be a marketing. Like that'd be awesome for marketing standpoint. You want me to tell you something funny? I, I, Dana White, he's a genius and he's done a lot of great stuff. But the one stupid thing he did is he should have made the bones in a, a Sonya fight. For the fact of Sonya's never gonna, we know now that he's gonna have to gain weight to get in that level. And we know right. that bones would have killed him. But that money in that fight, the buildup for that fight would have been one of the biggest fights in the history of the UFC. Bones would have probably killed him. But it, how much money did he use at the UFC lost now for that? A lot, because that fight's not intriguing anymore. Because mm -hmm. just we, like, I think Blahovich is really good. I really do. Oh, yeah. But when I'm thinking light heavyweights, I don't think anybody in there can compete with Jones. Jones that's just my belt. opinion. He could take his belt tomorrow if he wanted it. He don't want it right now. And that's what I'm saying. And they and, they and Adesanya there. didn't hurt Blahovich. So I don't know how he... I don't know I, how I he would have heard Jones. I, I'm a little upset with the UFC how they're building up him as a light champion. Even after he beat Asanya. Oh, Asanya, he is he's so tough. He done everything. He he came up and fought it. I mean, that guy, you heard what he said. I thought he would have been faster. That's what he said. I was like, oh. right. That I'll tell you, I think I think the Blahovich and Glover fight that's coming up, I think that'll be a good fight. That's gonna be the that's a real fight. Yeah. And but you know, Bones looking at two four. Have you saw his new video? He's at two forty five now. Yes, right down that way. And you know, and Daniel and Kamora, I used I used to love him. I was a big fan. But now I feel like he sits back in his retirement and he throws shade at John left and right. And you know, John did some stupid stuff with his, all the stuff he's done over the years. But you know, he said John's don't have the strength to knock somebody out. I remember. Daniel standing up on live TV after getting knocked out by I don't know who. Somebody's got some power, and he looks like he's got some power now. Yeah, he uh, – I think Jones looks scary at heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he's going to carry over his speed, and it obviously his athleticism. It'll be interesting to see his, his power. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what his power translates. But, man, he is an athlete, and I think he's going to be exciting in the heavyweight division. Nobody kicks like him, elbows like him. No. He can – I mean, I want go back and look at the Kamori fight. Daniel's a champion. He took Daniel down. Right. He can take down anybody he wants. He can outkick you. He can outpunch you. He's got a chin because if you remember Rampage, Rampage popped him a few times. He's been hit. Yep. He's got a chin. That's why I'm saying I don't I – don't, Daniel's like, I don't know if he can be there. If Daniel Kamori can be the champion of heavyweight – John Jones could be the super champion of the super heavyweights. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't understand why Dan, like Daniel's kicking, you know, going at him like he is. I mean, right. he snorted cocaine and stuff. And, he, you know, like Daniel could have took steroids, snorted cocaine, and John still would have beat him that day. You know what I'm saying? It, I don't understand why he's doing that and the UFC's pushing it. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't either, but I think I think Jones is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I, I love – Bones is my guy. I've loved him since coming up because – 
if I was a fighter, I would act like him. He talks crap. He's petty. He does everything that you want him to do, you know. But he also helps people when they're when they're getting in fights on streets, and you know, and he helps tackle robbers and stuff like that. He's a good guy, you know. It's just well, I ref in New Mexico, and I used to ref there a lot. And a lot of people don't realize all the good stuff he does in New Mexico, like for the homeless and the food, the food pantries, and like he does a lot in New Mexico that nobody even hears about. So. Yeah, he's de- he's had his demons and whatever in his past, but you know, the man is he de- he does so much good for for people, and I don't think that gets spread enough. And I and I know that for a fact because you know when I'm roughing down there, my sister lives down in New Mexico. Like it, it's big down there, but you know it didn't get translated. So um, I think as a person, I think he's a he, he does pretty good things for people. So when he wins, and he will win. They cannot, there's no, I mean, I know that they say Khabib's the GOAT, and there's nobody that's fought what John Jones has fought. If you look at how many title things, all the people from, I mean, legends to now, he's just smacking them left. If he wins this belt, I mean, he's the man. There's, he can say whatever he wants. They, nobody, Dana White might not say it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you can take it away from him if, if he can win the heavyweight title and then if he defends it. Like I, I don't know how you ever take that away because and then go back and then cut weight and go back to lightweight. Right. <laughs> take your daggone belt because by take then that. I'm thinking Asanya's gotten smart and maybe he'll bulk up a little bit. Maybe he gets it and then come and take. That's all. Dana White, if I'm him, I'm like Asanya, get on a weight program, man. You gotta get something, do something. Right, right. They need that fight. They, you know how many millions they lost. That's why I laughed after I saw that fight. I laughed. I was like, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but hey, we were saying you do bare knuckles some too, don't you? I do. Yep. Yeah. Um. What do you like? Because we don't, we know you're busy because you're traveling and things. But uh, in bare knuckle, because we keep up with it, we talk to a lot of those guys. What's man? What's it like in there? Like it seems like it's more fast and and you got to be on your toes a little quicker because then there's some crazy punches swinging in that crap. It is, and and you know, people people that are just fans and don't really know or in the know or whatever there is a huge difference when you take it even if it's a four ounce glove and you take it off like those guys when they get hit and bare knuckle like as a ref you feel it like you you literally literally you like oh my god type of thought because with a glove <clears throat> there's that padding and it's not that just the smack or the the pop all the time in bare knuckle when they crack them like it is wow and then you get people like, you know, did you see the Leonard Garcia fight? Yeah, I was going to say, did you see that fight? Uh, Elmore? God dang, man. And then you go back to the, um, oh, who was it? Barrett. You're uh, talking about Barrett's fight before. Did you see where Barrett fought the boxer before and the boxer quit on the bench? Yeah, uh, Corley. Yeah, he literally said, yeah. my body can't do it. I, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, but who was the, was it Knight and uh, – Lord Artemis. Yep. That was yes. That. Like those guys, it is okay. insane. And bare knuckle is so darn exciting yeah. uh, to ref. Like I love MMA and it's obviously obviously my favorite. And I would do that every day of the week if I could. But that bare knuckle stuff, it is intense. And it it it's so intense because it can end in a second. Yeah. And everybody can say, well, an MMA fight can too. You're right, it can. But as an MMA fighter, you know, if, if I'm getting the worst of an exchange, 
I can go for a takedown. I can like, there's many options I can do to get my facility this far together. <laughs> right. Right. And once you get cracked and bare nut, I mean, you, you, it's, it's on and it's, man, I love it. I love it. I, did you see last night when Ilmore fought when they were, did you see that time they said he's never been knocked down in practice or anything. That one time Garcia hit him with a right, he wobbled him backwards and he just kept coming forward. I was like, his head, that, that, it was bleeding. The ring, I was, but Gar, he hit Garcia. One thing, and people ain't giving Garcia walk, walk through every punch. I don't think he knocked him back one time. <clears throat> Garcia, I loved watching him in MMA. He was one of my favorites in WEC back in the day. Yeah. I mean, he was exciting. He always put on a fight. Um, he's just one of those guys that if he was on the card, you knew you were getting your money's worth, regardless if he won or lost. Like he was, you were getting your money's worth. So the bare knuckle, when he went into that, I thought, okay, just like Lieben in the last yeah. one, you knew you were getting your money's worth. You he's, knew that. He's going ahead. You know, that's what I, that's one thing I like about bare knuckle. And also I like it. You see, for instance, you'll see a UFC guy come in there. He'll fight a guy that's never fought anything in his life. The guy's been training and that guy beats him. Bare not, it, you don't have to be a good boxer. You don't have to be anything. You just have to be tough and know how to throw your hands. That's all. I mean, you've got to be tough and have endurance. And that's, that's it. If you can do yeah, it. There's been many boxers come in and try to try to do it. And I think it doesn't turn out Dad, so good for him. I think Davy Dad's the only one right now. that has got the belt. That's actually a real, like an actual boxer. Most of the, right. That guy quit last mm-hmm. night. I mean, he quit last night. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I like, thought he broke his hand. When Van Zandt came in, everyone's like, oh, Paige Van Zandt, she's going to be great. She fought in UFC. She's going to be awesome. Britton Hart whooped her ass. I mean, yeah. like, they thought Paige, just because she fought in UFC, she's going to win the fight. Nope. She That was her first bare knuckle ever, and you could tell. And they can't even find a fight for their main woman. I mean, uh, I mean, she's uh, – She's kicking everybody's butt. You 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 keep up with social media. You see, I mean, the misfit. You see her training, hitting the walls and stuff. You know, she's four, like she's like four and one in bare knuckle, and uh, she's already beat. Uh, who? What was the girl that fought Panzan? Britain Hart. She's already she already killed Britain Hart, and she want and they can't get nobody to sign a contract with her. I I keep up with social media, but not all the fighters. Yeah, I tell you. What, just look up the misfit and she's like she trains she's punching brick walls man she's a savage man it's like a mike tyson of women (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying well then i know why nobody's signing up to take the fight (laughs) yeah they are i mean every day on social media she says uh, she was there like she said uh when panther van zandt was fighting she said i'm gonna fight if if i've already beat britain but if she wins i'll fight britain but if Paige wins, I'll fight Paige. I'm tired of these dumb blonde blah, blah, blah. And uh, nobody signed a fight with her still. Crazy. But anyway, we know you're busy, man. You got anything else, Jay? No, we'll hop on with you again. Yeah. Um, you know, the big thing is just my Facebook page, the MMA okay, referee, Bobby Wambacher. And uh, other than that, if you guys ever want to have me on, like I said, I'm doing the LFA this friday and then i'm doing x xfc on saturday awesome thank you so much but man yes sir thank you for coming on with us all right you guys have a great evening and i will talk to you later let me know when you get that all put together and i'll put it on my page as well all right yes sir will yeah i should have thank you the next day or two all right have a good evening go cubs you too
No, no good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Inside the Minds of Fighting. Make sure to follow on socials for exclusive posts and upcoming guests.